Welcome to Job Sharing and Beyond, the future of work podcast that goes beyond the traditional nine to five. I am Karen Tischler, speaker, consultant, and host of the show, where we hear from global experts every other week to discover innovative solutions and tips on how to remain a relevant employer in the future. Hello, everybody. Today's podcast episode is the audio podcast from the LinkedIn Live conversation I had with my guest, Eva O'Brien. Eva was the podcast guest at the beginning of this year, and Eva shared back then some of the research results from her master thesis, Fitting in at Work. We talked about this and we talked about a aspect, trust and psychological safety at work, which was something she started to get into at the towards the end of her thesis. Besides that, we also talked about flexible work, in particular, looking at four day work week as well as hybrid work, because especially hybrid work when we last spoke had not really been as much in everybody's mind as it is at this point in time. Eva also gave her favorite book title, which I will put in the show notes as well. I hope you enjoy the episode as much as I did talking to Eva today. And now without further ado, here is our conversation. Hello, Eva. How are you? Hi, Karen. How are you? I'm doing very well. How is everything? Great. We're having a really great weather spell here in Ireland at the moment. Um, I was going to say you, but you guys use uh, Celsius as well in Canada. So you'll yes. know what I mean, what I say, but you might not appreciate it, just how warm it is. It's getting up like 25, 26, 27 degrees, which is unheard of here in Ireland so it's really it's brilliant and I'm taking as much advantage as I can by going for dips and having barbecues and you know getting this amount of uh, hot weather day after day is a very rare occasion here in Ireland so I'm having a great time at the moment. Well that's that's awesome. Now um, for anybody listening to us right now I'd be very curious to find out where is everybody located? And could you please put that in the comments? Now, um, Eva, you've been my podcast guest in the past. For people yeah. who don't know you, could you introduce yourself? And I've been asking people to use the working out loud method, basically yeah. telling five facts about you, please. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. And I, I liked the example that you used. So I'm going to borrow from your example, Karen. Um, so my name is Aoife O'Brien. And interestingly, I think anyone from outside of Ireland won't really know how to pronounce my name necessarily. So I tell people to read it backwards. So it's it's pronounced as if it's E-F-A, but it's spelled A-O-I-F-E. And I'm the founder of Happier at Work, which also includes the Happier at Work podcast, which you've also been a guest on, Karen. So thank you for that. Um, I 
I speak and I consult and I coach on all things relating to happiness at work, but very specifically on the area, which we're going to talk about in more detail in a few minutes, uh, this concept of fit and how people fit in at work because of some work experiences that I had. Um, so it's using the research that I did for my master's in organizational behavior, looking at values, needs, and strengths. Um, I have lived I, I, in, I actually don't know, I, I should have probably counted how many countries I've lived in um, so far, but I have lived in uh, and worked in Dublin, London, Perth, and Sydney in my professional career. And then when I was at university, I also lived in Germany for a summer. I lived in um, Barcelona for a year on Erasmus. And I lived in America twice. I lived once in uh, Chicago for a summer. And I lived also in Montauk in Long Island for the summer as wow. well. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, quite a, quite, a bit, uh, quite a bit of traveling done in, in, in between all of those for sure. Wow. Well, thank you very much for sharing. And as you have alluded, in our conversation on our episode, we talked about your master's thesis and all the research you had done about fitting in at work. And so I'm yeah. very curious, like, you know, since then, what has happened in that field of your focus? Yeah, really, really, really great question, Karen. And um, it's, it's the weekend just gone by marked a year since I submitted my dissertation. So, you know, I was thinking back on everything that's happened in that last year. I think for me in particular, it's uh, really solidified and brought into focus how I can use that information to help organizations. Um, so I have designed a happier at work program that I can take people through, which is, you know, it's really, really exciting to be able to do that and see what's going on with my clients. And it's all based, I'm a total and utter data nerd. Um, I, I love everything to do with data and whether it's using the data that exists already in organizations or, you know, uh, conducting surveys and doing my own research. I just love all things data related. So seeing clients get those types of results as well from taking part in the Happier at Work program where you're going from, okay, how are things at the moment? Um, and I know that we will be speaking about this, but the, but the idea um, and what we had spoken about on your podcast as well was this idea of um, psychological safety and trust. And I'm, I'm incorporating that into it because I think it's really a really, really core part of creating happier work environments, or at least it's a really strong indicator as to whether or not people are happy at work, you know, whether they can speak up, whether they they see things as a learning opportunity rather than a failure and, and things like that. So bringing that into it as well. And I suppose at the, the top of everything, it's, it's this idea of leadership. And for me, the core part of leadership is self-awareness and, and knowing what you're good at, knowing the impact that you have on other, on other people as well. That, that's so interesting. And it really is, I remember us talking about how trust was an aspect of research that towards, I guess, the end of your thesis, you were like, I, you know. It's I too late you, to add it all in now. Late. Exactly, <laughs> you sort of ran yeah. out of time. And that yeah. now more and more that in conjunction with the psychological safety is, yeah. is being, I mean, I see it much more frequently. And then every time I, you know, I think about you and your research. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interestingly, I read uh, an article just this morning. I kind of more skimmed through it. I want to go and read it properly, but it was uh, by Amy Edmondson. So she'd be one of the kind of key people who speaks on psychological safety. But but she was speaking or writing in particular about the impact that remote or hybrid working is going to have and the types of conversations that managers are going to have to have that previously they might have shied away from. So things like without crossing any kind of work privacy boundaries, asking people about their situations at home to, in order to facilitate things at work, because, you know, she was saying it's a, a lot of it is the role of the manager is um, to create this environment for people to succeed essentially and so the manager will be responsible for managing the hybrid schedule if you like and needing to take into consideration all of the different aspects and all of the different um elements and and attitudes and you know situations that people are in in order to be able to manage that schedule yeah and, and it's so interesting that you mentioned you know the hybrid work model that, you know, when we were talking originally, I mean, it it might have come up a little bit, but yeah. it really wasn't as much talked about. And, yeah. and it's really becoming more and more sort of like, you know, the future model. But as you were saying, there are so many aspects to consider and also from a discrimination or, or you know avoiding that all of a exactly. sudden you have yeah. a, a two-class worker yeah. system yeah. right yeah yeah like and and one of the things that she called out was unintentional bias so people don't set out necessarily to to be biased against any right. one particular demographic but it, it kind of sits in your subconscious like oh you know can I give Karen a promotion because if I give her more responsibility maybe she'll she'll need more time with her kids or you know whatever the situation might be this this is the reality at work um and i think you know i i don't currently work in a large corporate organization so i don't have that first-hand experience of what it's like to be doing that work at the moment but there are lots and lots of different factors that need to be considered and i think one of the the key things is is getting it right is kind of having those conversations with people and and finding out what it is that they need um you know and 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 having the the psychological safety to be able to do that within the team and um you know taking taking on board all of these different factors that are happening and like for me it, it's about flexibility it's about focusing on outcomes and i know we've spoken at length about flexibility <laughs> in the past karen um but really getting clear, and I can't emphasize this enough, I think, but from the top, being really, really clear on your the purpose of your business. And that cascades down then to the different levels within the organization and what the purpose of each of the teams is. And then the responsibility of managers is to link the purpose to the overall organizational purpose, the organizational goals, and to be set really, really, really clear expectations for each person within the team. And beyond that, linking what people do on a day-to-day -day basis with what the organization is trying to achieve as a whole. So, so I, as an individual contributor, know the impact that I'm having 
on the organization, um, if you can make that link with clients as well. So the impact that I can have on an end client if I'm not directly dealing with end clients as well. So being able to make those really, really clear for individual contributors, but also setting clear expectations and holding people to account. So this is what we expect from you. These are the outcomes, outcome one, two, three. Uh, let's check in every three months to discuss how you're getting on, getting along, where, where you need support. And for individuals to be free to say, this is where I need support without fear of judgment and being reprimanded, all of those kind of things where people don't speak up because they think that they're, you know, that it's it's a poor reflection on them. Um, so creating those environments, I think, where people set really clear expectations, but then they're they're held to account. So if they're not meeting what the the expectations that have been set out for them, then it's it's exploring that, but kind of in a non-blame way. You know, so exploring what additional support they need, what was the reasons. So rather than looking for like who who messed up this time, it's about what did we learn from this experience and what can we do differently going forward? Yeah, that and it is so interesting because, you know, we first met because I was doing research about Charlotte Lockett, who is one of the co-founders of the um, four day week global. And yeah, basically yeah. we both interviewed her. That's how um, you know we met each other. But yeah. what I felt was so interesting was their concept to reduce work from a five-day, eight hours down to a four-day, eight hour. Yeah. One of it is to really evaluate all the processes. And it sort yes. of goes right to what you just described, the importance yeah. of why are we doing things and yeah. also why do we have to have let's say 10 people in a meeting is that yeah. really necessary and do yeah. we even have to have the meeting so yeah. It, yeah, it's yeah. really interesting yeah that, you know there's, there's yeah absolutely it, I mean there's a couple of points that I'd love to build on there we'll, we'll maybe touch on the meeting thing first of all because that's something that I can even apply in my own business I think about like what is the purpose of this meeting and I have people asking me for meetings all the time. Let's go for an online coffee, all of this kind of stuff. And it's about being really clear on what the purpose of the meeting is. Like, what, what do I stand to gain? What does the other person stand to gain? And is it worthwhile having this meeting at all? But I think in, in the corporate context, it is about really thinking of who needs to be here. What is the purpose of the meeting? And I think there's like maybe four or five different things. Like, is it a, is it, is it a discussion? Is it a decision that needs to be made? Uh, is it for sharing information? And if it's for sharing information, is that the most appropriate way to share it? Or should could you, you know, and you've, you hear this cliche so many times, that meeting could have been an email. You know, if it's to purely to share information, can you put that information into some sort of communication and send it out to people? Depending on what the message is, obviously, um, you know, sometimes there's stuff that's quite sensitive and it can't really be shared in an email, but but thinking about that as well. Um, the the other aspect is um, this the concept of outcomes that we were kind of talking about, and and being really really clear about what those outcomes should be. Um, you know, and and the idea of productivity and being really really focused. Um, so you know, when it comes to productivity, eliminating unnecessary meetings. But but really focusing, and if I just think of today, for example, myself, 
and getting distracted by things that are not necessarily that important, which is why it's so important to understand why are we here? What's the purpose? And what are the outcomes of a business of any size? So it's not just for kind of corporate. I can apply that in my own um, and maybe, you know, practice what I preach and take some more time to reflect on what's working well and what's not and where I need a bit more clarity and how I'm getting distracted and where I'm getting distracted. I'm trying to to go easy on myself at the moment because I had my second job yesterday for uh, the COVID vaccine. I'm actually feeling okay today. I went for a run this morning and everything, but also because it's summertime, great weather. And, and let's not forget, we're still in a global pandemic, no matter how, how you shape it, you know, and yeah. um, we're kind of at the tail end. And I think when we, when we spoke initially about it, exactly that, Karen, like we weren't talking about hybrid work models that right. hadn't really emerged at that stage, we were kind of more talking about things like um, we're still in this pandemic and what does the future of work look like? And right. we're never going back to the way things were because we've learned far too much from what has happened. And the fact that people can actually work from home and they can work remotely and, and actually be more productive. In fact, the difficulty is, kind of going the other way and working too much and finding it really difficult to switch off at the end of the day because your laptop is sitting there and it could be in the same place where you eat it could be in the same place where you sleep or where you relax um or if you're one of the lucky ones and you have a completely separate office then go you that's fantastic but for the most part i think people you know the, their laptop is sort of facing them and the temptation then is to continue working yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, you know, from my own experience, I can, uh, yeah, I can <laughs> sign that definitely. Now, um, Eva, what do you feel like, you know, looking forward sort of the next six to 12 months from talking to your clients in general? Where do you think what's going to happen is the main point sort of like looking at future of work? Yeah, really, really, really good point. And I think um, there's probably a few things that that are that I can see that are happening and that are going to happen and, and going to need to happen. I think I think the pandemic exposed managers who are not very good at managing people uh, as not very good managers. Whether they want to be good managers or not is is kind of another story. So, like people who are really good and effective managers excelled despite the pandemic but those who were not particularly good managers they their poor management style let's say has been exposed during this pandemic and I think that's one thing so either you know I think it, there's an opportunity for people to decide whether they want to be managers or not or for for organizations to present a different path to them as an option like to be a specialist in a specific area um Another big challenge is that I think, you know, and you, you, you'll have heard the term, I'm sure, the talent tsunami or the great resignation. Um, I think people are really considering what is important to them in their life, not just in their career, but in their life, generally speaking. And they want to have a greater sense of fulfillment at work. Part of that might be that they want a degree of flexibility and they will choose to work for an organization that gives them that flexibility and if the organization that they're currently in is not offering that flexibility and i've seen some organizations publicly state that they are not going to offer flexibility and i've seen others 
kind of stating that they are definitely going to support flexibility. I mean, there's other complications to do with where you live and, and how you get taxed. I know certainly in Ireland, I'm sure it's the same in Canada. I'm sure it's the same in the US that if you live abroad, then you need to abide by those foreign tax rules. And then you might be a, become a foreign employee, which has all sorts of implications. I'm not an employment lawyer. I don't know what those implications are, yeah. but I do know that it, it causes issues because certainly in Ireland, what a lot of there's a lot of foreign workers who work in the normally it's like the EMEA headquarters uh, here right. in Dublin. And so a lot of foreign the foreign workers opted to go home to their home country oh. when the pandemic broke out. Mm -hmm. But they were kind of, you know, at the time it was kind of like two weeks to flatten the curve. OK, that's extended and extended and extended. But it got to about, I think, between uh, four and five months. And they were kind of they realized that they would be foreign tax residents if they didn't call people back to Dublin to to return back to Dublin. So I know that it caused a, a few complications. Um, uh, so, yeah, sorry. So that the second part is that kind of greater sense of fulfillment at work and and the first part being that giving managers maybe the option as to to whether or not to to be managers i think building on that first point training managers to be more effective so a lot of the conversations that i have with my clients will be around and i think when i when i was starting my business i didn't fully grasp this but it's it's around creating those like helping the managers to create those better environments. I kind of thought it's the organization as a whole and it's helping individuals to understand themselves, but it's not. It's really empowering managers to create those happier work environments by firstly, by understanding themselves, but being able to have those sometimes difficult conversations with their employees about what it is that they need from work. What do they need? Why are they doing this? And really you know, personalizing the work experience. That's another thing that I see happening is it's not just about like, oh, everyone gets this benefit, but it's personalizing it in such a way that I don't think, oh, well, Karen has extra days off in the summer to be with her kids. Why does Karen get that? And I don't. It, it's it's making it really clear that that's not, that's not satisfying my needs because I don't need that ad additional time but I get benefits in other ways you know right. like a, whether it's a gym membership or it could be um like days off at Christmas or you know something that's that's kind of equivalent right. but personalized to me um which you know it again might be an administrative nightmare but I think it's something really important and ties in with the research that I did for my dissertation about the importance of satisfying our needs at work. Well, thank you so much, Eva. You, you know, that that just came full circle. So thank <laughs> you. And now before we go, I'd love to know, could you share your favorite book with our audience, please? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a good few years ago, I read this book called Enough by a, a gentleman called John Nash, and I hope I haven't butchered his name. It's spelled N-A-I-S-H, and it's it's called Enough, but it goes through different, you know, uh, things like enough food, enough love, and and it's kind of in a world where we're seeking more all the time. He's sort of teaching us how to be happy with what we have already and not to be constantly seeking more. And I guess to really understand what what enough actually means, you know, and, and clearly defining that for ourselves. 
So I think that was, yeah, one of my favorite books that really, really, it's the it's kind of book I go back to again and again. Thank you so much. It sounds like definitely something I should put onto my reading list as well. Definitely do. Yeah, yeah. So, well, thank you so much, Eva, for coming onto the show. I'm going to show our um, watchers and listeners also, um, you know, the list of how we can get in contact with you. So from listening to your podcast, to your website, and also on LinkedIn, we, you know, I will have all of that information. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me as your guest today, Karen. It's absolutely pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We hope you gained valuable insights and new ideas. To keep listening to future episodes, please head over to iTunes or your favorite player and subscribe and give it a rating. We would very much appreciate a review and for you to share it on social media so more people can start innovating in how they offer employment. Until the next time, goodbye.